This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. Very special guest today, Neil Whitaker. Welcome to the Media Week podcast studio. Thank you for having me, James. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's good to, um, I get to see you now and then around the place, but it's it's good to be able to sit down and have a formal chat and we can record it and share it with uh, Definitely. people for better or for worse. But um, I'm sure you have lots of interesting things today. Um, of course, you're a judge on the block. As we record this, we're exactly halfway through this mm. season, which is good. Now, you've course, finished it all. Yes. Um, so we better be careful, you know. <laughs> exactly. What, what do you like in uh, interviews where you've got to, you know, juggle tight dates and times and are you, you okay? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I could, I could try and. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Look, I mean, as you say, we're only halfway through yeah. um, in, in terms of going to air with the show, but mm. I mean, yes, I mean, I think it's a fairly open secret that the judging was completed a while back. So mm. I'll just have to be careful not to spill mm. the beans or give too much away. Well, I noticed last night because you, you walked through an area to get to one of the rooms yes. that hadn't been finished yes. and you picked up on a detail yeah. that I guess will be reviewed fully in a future episode. Was that when was I was it? looking down that incredible shaft yes, yes. down to the courtyard? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, watch this space. Yeah, it's, okay. um, it's pretty magnificent in all of those houses. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll get we'll, we'll hear a little bit more about the block in our chat. Uh, a new season of Love It or List It yes. coming up on... Yes. Now, is this lifestyle home or is it just lifestyle? It's just lifestyle. Lifestyle. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. On Wednesday, the 25th of September. Which is the week we, we're chatting. Fantastic. But, of course, they're all, as are all shows these days, available on demand, mm. of course. So people, now, is this the third season? Season three, season, James. Wow. I can't believe it myself. <laughs> Where did that go, <laughs> eh? <laughs> exactly. Right. Season three. Season three of Love It or List It and season 13 for me of The Block. Wow. It's <laughs> incredible. Now, just um, so we'll be getting back to both those things because I'm, I like being a bit of a sticky beak. What else are you up to now? Are you still writing? Uh, yes, I, I have a weekly column in Stella magazine, Yep, okay. uh, which I've now been writing, well, ever since Stella launched. So, I mean, that's quite a few years now. Um, I work as a brand ambassador for, for King Living and for uh, Cosentino Australia, um, who manufactures Silastone. So I keep myself pretty busy. Yes. I'm always doing all sorts of different things. Now, do you do speaking engagements as well? I do. do, you do that when when they come along, I do. I love doing them. Yep. And do you have sort of product endorsements or partnerships with sort of commercial Well, the, the, the two brands that I've just mentioned, King Living, right, okay, the furniture yeah. so manufacturer, that. and um, and Cosentino Australia, yep. who are Silastone and Decton Benchtops. Do you appear in any ads? Or are you uh, just like a spokesperson or ambassador or...? All, all, all the above, all <laughs> the above. <laughs> you know, I, I don't mind appearing in the odd ad. Yes. Um, Look, it's it's about creating content more than anything. It's it's less about the ads and more about the content creation. Everyone wants uh, video content these days. Everyone wants digital content, um, and I do a lot of that. I do okay. a lot of a lot of online content and interviewing and and Q and A's, all that kind of stuff, and tips. You know, styling and interior design information. And uh, you're a real life renovator as well, mm. I believe. Because I remember there was a now what was the magazine that showed off your kitchen? Was it earlier this year? Was Australia? You've got a good was memory. Was it late last year? No, it was early this year. It was Australian House and Garden. Okay. Yeah, yep. that yep. was the kitchen of um, uh, our house on the south coast, and we we moved to David, my partner, and I moved to the Shoalhaven um, about about a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, and we bought a sort of fairly typical 
late 1930s uh, cottage, sort of David loves to call it the farmhouse, <laughs> which is quite romantic because there's no farm attached to it. It's not on acreage? Um, well, it's on acreage. It's, it's on a couple of acres. So well, I mean, It's massive for people who live on a tiny block in the city. Having never had anything bigger than a backyard before, I feel like I'm sitting on massive acreage. But compared to other people in the same area, it's, it's relatively small. But it's a beautiful little house um, and it's been added to over the decades. Um, you know, bits were put on in the 70s and the 80s and we've basically been sort of pulling it apart and putting it back together again and that's, okay. what, that's what we're still doing. Because I remember, because I'm a sticky beak, I remember the photos online when you bought it. It looked pretty good from the outside. Outside it was immaculate. Yeah. And I have to say, inside... It was it was a blank canvas. I mean, mm. there was nothing too bad, but we just wanted to sort of go in there and, and, and make it ours, really. Yeah. Will there be future reveals of other rooms, do you think? Oh, yeah, there will be. <laughs> as, as they're done, as they're renovated, watch this space for but, bathrooms. <laughs> okay, but don't hold your breath, though, right, because you, you're fitting in amongst mm. your busy um, commitments. Yeah. Let's let's well let's go first. Now, if we first met you, you were you're a magazine man. Yes. Am I wrong? No. Oh, no. I mean, I'm right, aren't I? You're absolutely now, was right. It, was it ACP magazines back then? Is that correct? Or did um, you? No, oh, no, it was the old FPC, wasn't it? Yes, it, it was the old FPC. Look, I mean, okay. I've, I was in magazines when, when I stepped down from Vogue Living um, in 2017. I had been in magazines for exactly 27 years. Wow. Because I, I got my first magazine gig. You've been very young. <laughs> well, thank uh, you, but I'm quite old now. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my first magazine gig was in the UK in 1990. Um, so, yeah, 27 years. But 20 of those years in Australia. So exactly 20 years ago in October, actually. Mm -hmm. I'll, yeah, that I'll be having my sort of 20th, 20th celebration. Um, I was working for Murdoch magazines, for Matt oh, Hanbury. Matt, Matt Hanbury, Murdoch okay. magazines. Matt was the man that um, brought me across to Australia. What was the title? Okay. Well, it's interesting you should say that, actually, and very timely, because I've just noticed that Pacific magazines have relaunched Marie Claire Lifestyle this very week. Mm -hmm. And that was the magazine that I edited when I came to Australia 20 years ago. Well, that's interesting because I noticed in the UK just last week they've stopped the print edition of Marie Claire. Oh, really? Mm. Gosh. They're going to keep it as an... Um Digital brand, yeah. which is what everybody says. But That's a sad indictment. It is a bit, isn't it? We you, live in. We, you would have thought that would be one of the mm. the premium brands that might, you know, survive yeah. what we're going through in magazines, whatever you want to call it yeah. at the moment. Okay, so then you worked for a couple of different publishers in magazines? Yeah, look, after, after a stint with um, Matt at... Um, at Murdoch Magazines, I then wound up at, as you correctly said, FPC Magazine, okay. Federal Publishing. Uh, I was there for quite a long time, actually, and had the good luck to launch Delicious Magazine during those years. Still going strong? Still going strong, 18 years this year, I think, or, wow. yeah, I think it's 18 years, 17 or 18 years. Um, and I also edited Vogue Entertaining and Travel during those years. Sadly too. no longer with us. Sadly no longer with us. Um and then I went off to ACP and I edited Bell for nine years. And I noticed in the most recent edition, Bell, a little cameo from you on the, I think it was the editor's letter. Yes, page. that was very kind of him, Gavin, yeah. Gavin Kirk, who's the new editor of Bell. Uh, he and I met at a, at a function several months ago in Melbourne. And um, yeah, he, he referenced that, which was very nice. I think I, I must have given him some good advice that night. At least I hope I did. I'll quickly ask you one more thing about magazines because obviously we'll, we'll focus on TV. But uh, 
that struck me today, the I was in a good news agent with a massive range of magazines, and it it surprises me how vibrant the um the sector still is. Mm. Whereas I think they're getting beaten up unnecessarily, maybe because of some retailers that, that aren't quite so good and don't have as good a range. But there's still a lot out there of good magazines. Oh, look, there are, James, definitely. Um, you know, I, I, I think that uh, the you know the death of magazines has probably been overstated. I'm the first person to admit I don't see the circulation figures anymore. Of course I don't. Um, I'm no longer privy to that. So I, I can't comment on how the titles are performing as opposed to how they were two or three years ago when I was still in the game. Um, but, you know, we have always, always produced some of the best lifestyle magazines in the world in this country. That's why I'm here. Mm. You know, 20 years ago, I wanted to be in Australia because we were producing, I think, the finest magazines, the finest food magazines, home magazines of anywhere in the world. And I still believe that. Yeah, I agree. And, and there's, But for all interests, I mean... The car magazine sector, if you're into cars, yeah. wow, you know, there's so much on offer. Ab- absolutely. Sports, you, know, you name it, whatever's yeah. there. It's but, just- James, I mean, I guess what's happened is that magazines have had to rethink what that means, what, what the word magazine means. I mean, traditionally it was always something on print and paper. Now a magazine is a brand and it has to evolve and live in, in, in other plat- you know, on other platforms. It has to be about digital content. It has to be about video content, um, social media. I mean, a magazine is no longer what a magazine used to be. Mm. Mm. Television. Was The Block your first foray onto TV? Had you done much before then? Um, one show, Homemade. Must have been a good one, eh? Ho- well, Homemade <laughs> was... Um, got you a that? cracker of a gig. Ten years ago. T- ten years ago this year, 2009, um, Julian Crest and David Barber, who, of course, created The Block and are still the executive producers, uh, returned to Australia from a spell in the States and they launched a show called Homemade. And Julian Cress was casting for a judge for that show and he cast me. I was very lucky to get Coming back to me now, was that... There was a retailer in Surrey Hills that had something to do with David Hyman. David Hyman from Orson and Blake was actually the host of the show. And the two um, the two permanent judges um, each week were myself and Sibella Court. We we were on every week, and then we had a sort of a third judge. We had floating third judges that sort of rotated every few weeks. Yeah, homemade. Went to, went to air Channel Nine ten years ago this year. And then Nine must have sort of liked it and thought, well, why don't we get these guys back on the format they used to do? Mm. And so you were there from episode uh, series three, yeah, of the block twenty ten. Yeah. When oh, when the amazing. block came back in 2010 after a 7-year hiatus, um I was the judge with John McGrath. Mm-hmm. And um and I've been there for 13 seasons. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um quite amazing really. Um you know, it's it's a wonderful wonderful show to be involved with. Of course, it's been very good to me, you know. I think that the block has obviously led to all the other things that I'm now enjoying in my career. Sure. The some years during that period, the work's been more than others. I mean, for a while there, they were very ambitious, two seasons a year. And was that, I calculated a couple of years they did more than 100 episodes, I think, when you added both both yes. seasons together. Well, there were definitely, yeah, there were definitely two years when we made more than one season a year because I've been doing the block for nine years this year, but I've done 13 seasons. Okay. So next year will be my 10-year my anniversary. 
if, if they have me back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not counting on anything. Do they, I guess I can ask you, you've raised it, is it year to year or do they give you a, set you a long-term contract? Oh, James, I it... wouldn't possibly go into those no, I thought details. I'd try. I thought but, I'd try. Um, let, let's just say there's a lot of goodwill there and yeah. uh, I feel like I'm very much part of the Block family. Yeah, but they they have, I mean, you're going to be travelling if the lo- as long as you stay at the block, you can pretty much assume it's always going to be Melbourne. So it's been good to them, Melbourne, hasn't it? It's been Melbourne's very good to them. Mm. Exactly. Uh, I mean, look, Australia loves the block, but I think Melbourne loves the block most. Yes, it's it's definitely got a very special place in the hearts of Melburnians. How long has the current team of of you, Shana, and Darren Palmer been? The three judges would it be a few seasons now. Oh, quite yeah, quite a lot. Um, I did two seasons with John McGrath. I think just the two of us, and then I think I'm right in saying uh, the third season Shana joined us, and it was myself, John, and Shana. Um, and then Darren joined us when John um, stepped down from the block. I mean, Darren had been like a sort of uh, a floating judge, if you like, when because every now and again John wasn't able to to you know to judge he wasn't available and Darren always stepped in and then Darren took over permanently okay but it's been it's been a long time now give us some behind the scenes insights into what happens when you three rock up you um do you go in cold like that do you get any pre-peaks do you do you sort of have advice do you have producers sort of giving you heads up or do you Mm. Do no. they like you going in so what we see is the real sort of... Um... What you see is pretty much how it is. I mean, obviously, you know, we spend a lot longer in the rooms than, than you see on the show. The edit ends up being just a few minutes, uh, whereas sometimes we're in there for a very long time. Um, but it it's pretty much what you see. We, we turn up on a Sunday morning and we do not enter the block um, until the contestants have all left. So tools down happens. They have to. What time up. of day is that generally? Oh, early nine o'clock. Oh, really? Nine o'clock, okay. ten o'clock, something like that. I mean, we get down there early on a Sunday morning. I think tools down's nine o'clock, mm-hmm. um, and then once the you know the block is clear of contestants, <laughs> then we we move in, um, and normally we go in cold. You know, we, okay. we don't, and that's my preference. I much prefer to walk into a room and see it for the first time. And then everything is totally 100% spontaneous. The only time they might show us something in advance is if there is something that they really want us to see that we might not otherwise notice. And then, yeah, Julian or you know whoever uh, will will point it out. But on the whole, we go in; it's spontaneous, and we judge. And the one thing that people never really understand, and I, I understand why they don't understand it, is that we don't know what goes on during the week. So all the drama that plays out, all the controversy that plays out on a Monday night, a Tuesday night and a Wednesday night and often on a Sunday night too, we are very rarely aware of that. I'm, I'm seeing it all taking shape, you know, now watching it with the rest of Australia. Is that why you think the contestants are sometimes think you're too harsh on them? Yeah, well, definitely. Because like yeah. last night I think you were quite disappointed about frosted glass, I think, on the shower. Mm. But, but you know, had no idea why that might have, nope. mightn't have been able to have been nope. 
action. So, and rightly so, I guess you've got to judge on the results. We have to judge on what we see. And I think keeping us sort of kind of in a vacuum, keeping us at arm's length from the contestants and from the controversies that have played out during the week means that we are impartial and that's the way they want it. Do you, and you have no role in casting or anything like that? Oh gosh, no. No, 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 no. So you just show up when the first up, rooms yeah. are ready to be revealed? Absolutely. And and I have to say, in this particular season of The Block, um, I never actually met the contestants at all, not at any stage. Right, okay. That's unusual. Is I mean, it? because often we get to, we'll get to meet them through judging challenges or attending events, you know, while the show's being filmed. But this year, um, I didn't meet them at Did all. Did you like that? Was it a good thing, you think? Look, it's, it's neither a good thing nor bad. It's, it's, just, it's just... Just how it was. It's just how it is. And I think people are often very surprised when I tell them that because now the show's on air. You know, people say to me, oh, Neil, you know, what are Deb and Andy like? You know, what are Mitch and Mark like? What are Tess and Luke like? You know, how's, how's Jesse? I say, I don't know. I never met them. And people say, really? No. Not there. The... Um you mentioned the um, things you had to – last night, one of the dramatic things I thought was the the um, bath tap in the roof <laughs> was was pretty interesting. And then, then there was another finish on one of the walls that was um, – Yeah. So, and I think you – some either you or one of the other judges, both of you, one of at least one of you hadn't seen those things before. So, it's sort of good, isn't it, that – because you guys are presumably on the sort of, you know – Reasonably up to date with what's going on in the... Yeah. I mean, look, I don't think any of us had seen the, the water coming out of the ceiling like that. I mean, that response, particularly from Shana and me, <laughs> was 100% genuine. We were not expecting that. We were not expecting to see the tap in the in the roof and the water coming out. Um, you know, the only time <laughs> I've seen that before was when the pipe burst and it wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> Um, so that was genuinely something that I hadn't seen before. And the other thing was Venetian plaster. That's what you're talking about, okay. which I hadn't seen applied um, in that way before. Mm-hmm. And that is, funnily enough, we, we have subsequently used that finish in a couple of episodes of Love It or List It. So I have now seen it several times and I've actually seen um, the skill with which it's, which it's applied. So um, then, But I hadn't seen it at that stage. So you sort of picked up that idea and put in your kick bag and... Uh, no, it, no, or did no, they no. have it anyway? It was sort of on Love It or List It. Yeah, uh, no, it was one of the things that I discussed because you know on Love It or List It I work with um, interior designers, my design managers in sure. the different cities. So there's somebody in Brisbane, there's somebody in Adelaide, somebody in Melbourne, somebody in Sydney, and we you know we discuss what we're going to do, and um, and that particular finish came up on one of the projects. I think it was in it was in Adelaide. It was in Adelaide. We used it. Okay. Yeah. How conscious of you of trying and because you. There's only so much you can say about things. I mean, do you try and mix it up? I mean, you've, have you got to be careful not to rely on the same adjectives and same responses? I mean, that would be tricky, wouldn't it? I mean, after so many years? Look, it's not as tricky as you'd think. I mean, I think the one word that I did try to drop from my vocabulary very quickly was wow. <laughs> but I tell you, that it's a very that's a very hard word to drop because the English language doesn't have many options for wow. That's why we all say wow when we walk into a room. Um, because anything else that you try doesn't sound right. You know, you can try walking into a room and saying, holy moly, or something else, but it, geez, but it doesn't sound right. I mean, wow is the natural response. Um, But I have to try and sort of tone that down because that sort of wow factor, I think, was the phrase that got attached to me very early on 
in the block. Um, but no, judging the rooms is not is not hard because they are all different. Mm. They really are. I mean, just just because I've been doing it for a long time doesn't mean that the actual design that gets delivered each week gets stale because I'm always seeing new things because it's new people doing it. So um, it's it's actually not not difficult to uh, you know to be spontaneous each week. There was a word you dropped last night that created a little bit of chat. Hutzpah. Yes. Yeah, no one had heard yeah. that before. No. <laughs> to me, that's that's a word that uh, yeah I use that quite a bit. Well, I guess it's a word you can't overuse because it's quite distinctive, isn't it? It's yeah, you use it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't overuse. I it. think I was, <laughs> was talking about Mitch and Mark. I think weren't you? Well, they have got hutzpah. I think it's yeah. a great word. Um, but no, Scotty Cam didn't know the word, did he? No. But Mitch and Mark did, so that was good because yes. it was used about them. Yeah. And it's a compliment. Yeah. few words I've noticed, and I'm not saying you these are overused, but palette, I know mm-hmm. this is something that the judges use, uh, I think all of you maybe when you're talking about colour ranges, mm-hmm. and the rule book. And I think you said about Mitch and Mark have really torn up the rule book this year. I'm mentioning that because I'm thinking – is this a bit of a first where they've gone off brief and mm. and do you think that might become a bit of a trend in future years, particularly if they maybe win or do very well and they're already doing very well, that people might try and do that to maybe stand out a little bit? Quite possibly. I mean, it's the first time we've seen uh, contestants on the block go uh, go off track to the extent that they have. I mean, in the, in the past we've, we've seen contestants maybe, you know, change the position of a kitchen or a bathroom or something, um, you know, orientate a room in a different way to the architect's original plan. Um, but we've never seen anyone completely redesign the space in the way that these two guys have. And, uh, you know, we always say, we always say, you know, you change the architect's plan at your peril um, or at your risk. But um, so far, so good with these guys. And I guess the particular contestants need to be able to pull it off because I guess if one team tried it and it was a massive failure, I guess either Scotty or or Foreman Keith would be onto them pretty quickly mm. and saying, "Look, you know." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, they in, rule yeah. with quite quite an iron fist. Those guys. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't want to get on the wrong side of the blockinator. <laughs> <laughs> so the block now. How how did um, you've you've sort of segued off the block into love it or list it for mm. lifestyle. Were there other opportunities you had along the way and this was the best one or was this was this an opportunity? Love it or list it um, came along and I absolutely seized it with, with both hands and open arms because it's a wonderful show. Um, I, I absolutely love it because it gives me an opportunity to to be very different to how I am on the block. I mean, on the on the block I'm a judge. Um, on Love It or List It Australia, I'm the co-host with Andrew Winter. And not only do we get a chance to interact with each other as the sort of sparring co-hosts, you know, one of us wants to win or we both want to win all the time, um, but I also get to interact with the homeowners. So it's a very different brief for me. And you're creative. You get to virtually... Oh, it's fantastic. Make over the property, yeah, don't you? Yeah, it's fantastic. Show off your real skills. You're yeah. not just criticising. You're, well, exactly. you're doing. Doing, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> Have you learnt a lot, do you think, off this show? Oh, or Heaps. Yeah. Heaps. I mean, I I would say that, uh, you know, doing, uh, doing, sorry, doing the block and um, doing Love It or List It have been kind of like my finishing school, you know, because the one thing I'm always very conscious of telling people is that I am not a trained interior designer. 
and I don't claim to be. I never pretend to be. I mean, I might be an interior design expert, um, but, you know, my knowledge comes through editing interior design magazines. Um, so, you know, I learned a lot through nine years at the helm of Bell and then three years at the helm of Vogue Living, but that's nothing compared to what I've learnt through a decade on the block and now three seasons of Love It or List It. Do you ever get on the tools yourself? Do <laughs> <laughs> you use Scotty speak? <laughs> um, no, I'm not going to pretend I do. No, not, not, not very often, no. That's, we, that's due to lack of time, yeah, basically, but, but not, not lack of inclination. I'm guessing you'd feel relatively comfortable now, though, given you've been involved in so much practical mm. stuff. I understand the renovation process. Mm. You know, I, I can talk to, to my own builders, my own tradies um, in the language that we all understand, which is great. Yeah. So love it all list at three seasons. Tell me a little bit about working with Andrew Winter. <laughs> who was where, where do I start? Uh, who was also from the UK yes. originally. Yeah. Um and I used to watch his show. They were shown here on import, weren't they? The yes. um he, he, some great stuff he used to do. Um and then he's popped up here doing, you know, something similar. Working with Andrew is a lot of fun. Um we genuinely get on very well. I mean, we are we're look, we're a similar age. I mean, I know he will tell you that he's years <laughs> younger than me. But we're of a similar vintage. We both are English, as you say. Um, and, you know, we share a very similar sense of humour. And I think we share a lot of cultural references. We've both been in Australia about the same length of time. So there is, there is a lot of similarity, a lot of common ground between the two of us. Um, and I think basically it boils down to the fact that we like each other. You know, we genuinely like each other and we respect what each other does. You know, Andrew is a real estate expert I mean, probably the real estate expert in this country. Um, what he doesn't know about real estate isn't worth knowing. And uh, I'm not saying that I have a similar knowledge on interior design, but he gives me that respect as an interior design expert. We respect each other. We don't want to be each other. We're mm. not, you know. So it's. I think it's a very healthy um, relationship that we have. And we have a lot of laughs along the way. Had either of you seen much of the format? I think there's a bunch of them in Canada, isn't there? There's seems to be love and listed nearly every city in Canada. <laughs> well, there's love it all listed in Canada, um, and yes, you're right. There are two two different ones in Canada, and then there's love it all listed UK. But that, okay. that's it. Um, Who hosts the UK one? Do you know that is uh, good old Phil and Kirsty. Oh, really? Okay. Phil and Kirsty oh. do that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that makes Andrew Phil and me Kirsty. <laughs> but that's all right. I'm fine with that. Um, <laughs> No, we sort of mix it up in this country by having, you know, two male hosts. Um, but no, look, I, I didn't watch too many episodes of, of Love It or List It Canada or UK before we started rolling on, on ours because I, I think, you know, we wanted to make it unique. Um, there was never any suggestion of copying the format. You know, we wanted to bring something unique to it and yeah. make it our own. Okay. So the idea is someone's at the crossroads, they... They want, a, they want a better house, a bigger house. The, op, the options are sell and upgrade or stay and renovate. Yep. And you're the stay and renovate guy. Yep. Team love it. Andrew's the sell and get out of there guy. Yep, team have, it. Do you know the um, score sheet so far after two <laughs> seasons? <I'm, laughs> if you say uh, no, I'm going to believe Andrew's winning. After two seasons, <laughs> look, I, I might I might just be in the lead. <laughs> but um, let's hope Andrew's not listening to this. 
And I couldn't possibly tell you anything about uh, the scoreboard on season three. But, um, yeah, I mean, bas- basically the dilemma is exactly as you've, you've presented mm. it. For whatever reason, the house isn't working for one partner. Um, sometimes it's the house is too big. Sometimes it's too small. Sometimes it's just not functioning for them. And, yeah, somebody wants to go and somebody wants to stay. Have you had any deadlocks where it really looked like the the partners were split and it just took a long time to get them on the same page? Oh, yeah, all the time. Really? All the time. I mean, no two homeowners are the same. It's I mean, a big decision, I guess, It's too. a very big decision, yeah. And it's interesting how it plays out because <laughs> very often, you know, when I think I've got this one in the bag, I don't. And when Andrew thinks he's got it in the bag, he doesn't. And we can never tell until they have said what they're going to do. And when we're standing there in front of the couple, that moment when we say, you know, are you going to love it or are you going to list it, we genuinely have no idea. So those looks are genuine on your face? They're totally genuine. They do look genuine. No, they are. That's because they are. We we don't know. We don't know which way they're going to go. And we we laugh about it now because whenever we think we know which way they're going to go, they invariably go the other way. I've got to say, I mean, you do such a good job. I am surprised at the number of people who don't want to stay because I figure they're already there, so they're sort of attached, and the place looks so much better mm. that getting out would be a fairly wrenching decision, I would have thought. Yeah, it, it is, and I think sometimes even when they've decided to list and go, it, it's still a wrench for them. But I guess, you know, they everyone reacts differently. Sometimes they, they see... Uh, the, the the renovation process in in terms of dollar value added, you know, some some people look at it and think, wow, this is our forever home now. Um, we love it, and this is what we've always wanted, and how we've always wanted the house to be. Other people look at it and think, right, you know, we can sell up now and make make a lot of money on it. Has any of the other formats you might know this, but have they ever done a, like a revisited, love it or list it revisited, just to see? What happens? Or what happened not a few as, years down the track? Not or as far as maybe I it's know. not old enough. The not format. Not as far as here. I know. No, I don't think it is. Because they yeah. do that with things like you know, all the other some of the other shows. Some of the other yeah. real estate shows they go back and um, a grand designs, for instance, yeah. often goes back. Yes, and, and yeah. um, it says well, look. Yeah, I get, look, I guess that format probably lends itself better to yep. a revisit. I mean, we a lot of the the homeowners from season one and season two of Love It Holistic keep in touch with us. I mean, we, we know what they're up to. We know that they moved on. We know what type of houses that they bought. So it's it, it feels like it's becoming a sort of love it or list it family in a way, which is quite nice. Yeah. The What's the production company involved in love it or list it? I should know. Beyond. This. Beyond, that's right. Beyond TV, okay. Beyond Productions, who also make Selling Houses Australia. For which is Andrew and Shana's show. Andrew and Shana and Charlie. And Charlie, yeah. yep. 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 Okay, okay. Which is... Been around nearly as long as the block, hasn't it? They've done as yeah. well, not quite as long, I guess, because the block had that long split between seasons yeah. two and three. But well, yeah. they've done a lot of seasons of selling houses. Yeah, I think Australia. it's twelve years or so. Wow. Uh, I think twelve years selling houses Australia. So um, yeah, it's been around a long time. Yes, yes. Um, this season, you know, you've been in Brisbane a lot. Yes, I, it seems to me, and I think I've watched most episodes. You've seen is Brisbane good to you? Like the block is good for Melbourne, or is it just, yeah. am I thinking there's more in Brisbane maybe than there really no, are? No, I don't think you can read too much into that. Um, I love being in Brisbane because I'm I'm a huge fan of Queenslanders, as in 
the, the not just the people, but the, the houses. <laughs> the house, right. <laughs> um, people and houses. But no, I'm, I'm talking about the houses. I, there's nothing I love more than a traditional Queenslander. Um, and to me, they lend themselves so beautifully to renovation. Um, and we've we've got some stunners up our sleeve in, in season three. Um but yeah, we look. We we've definitely spent a bit of time in Brisbane in seasons one and two. I mean, I, I'd say Melbourne and Brisbane vie with each other um, for you know who's had the most episodes. I guess you're reasonably a FIFO sort of talent for the block, aren't you? Fly in, fly out. You do your work and you hop out. Yeah, you're a bit more hands on, aren't you, with this one? And I'm guessing yeah. a lot more days on set and yeah. and involved in the Renault. Absolutely. Is there stuff, are you around, I guess they, there must be stuff you do that's probably not filmed because it's Yeah, just... well, um, I mean, we, we, how can I put it? We return to each property several times. I think I'm probably, uh, I'm probably there six or seven times per property. Okay. Because it all starts, the whole, the whole process starts with an initial consultation with the homeowners long before any cameras roll. When we go and meet them and, you know, I'll have an interior designer with me, I'll have a builder with me um, who works, you know, as I said before, I've got my little team in Brizzy, my little team in Melbourne and team in Sydney. Um, and the Brizzy team also covers the Gold Coast. And then we've also got now a team in Adelaide as well. Um, you know, we'll go and sit down with the homeowners. We'll talk about their budget. We'll discuss what the problems are and what we can fix because invariably we can't give them everything they need because the budget won't stretch that far. So there's always something that they can't have um, and we have to be realistic about what we can afford. You seem to do a lot on a little though. I mean, are those are the budgets realistic? That yeah, they're, they're Or are you, they're, you sort of get mates rates and no. would it be a little bit harder for Joe Blow to walk out there and... Do it, do you think? Not really. I mean, the, the budgets are all different. I mean, on, on Love It or List It, I mean, probably at the, at the sort of bottom end, you're, you're working with a budget of maybe 70 or 80 grand, rising okay. up to 300 grand. So they're all different. Mm. Parts of Sydney, 300 grand wouldn't get you much, maybe. No. <laughs> maybe that's why we don't film as much in Sydney as we do in other cities, because we get more bang for our buck in Brizzy. <laughs> right, right. Um what is the scope of the properties in season three? I mean, how, how small and how big do we get? Really broad spectrum, really broad spectrum of different types of houses. Um, you know, I don't, don't want to give too much away, um, but I've already, I've already mentioned that there are some beautiful Queenslanders up our sleeve in season three. Um, we've also got some lovely old houses. There's, there's a wonderful Sydney Terrace in there at some stage, plus some modern houses as well. They're, they're all very, it's a very mixed bag. And, you know, the problems with the houses are a very mixed bag as well, as are the solutions. I'm sure the highlight for many viewers is the drive around the suburb. Yeah, <laughs> that's a start, Neil. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about well, that. Well, Andrew and I are always saying that could be a series <laughs> in itself, and we're going to call it Bottom Gear. <laughs> we, yeah? Do you like yeah, the sound of that? That's Bottom fantastic. gear. That's Andrew and That'd me just drive, driving around. It's going to be a bit like carpool karaoke. We'll take somebody hostage and have them in the back seat and talk to them. It could um, run forever too, given all the suburbs spotted <laughs> around Australia. Well, it could run forever with us driving because we are hopeless <laughs> navigators and we get lost all the time. And uh, we rely very heavily on Google Maps because the producer will call us and say, Andrew and Neil, you can come back now. And we say, well... Yeah, that would be lovely. We could, if only we knew where we are. 
Because Andrew's always driving, is that right? No, we take it in oh, turns. you take it in turns, okay. We take it in turns. He okay. tells me I'm a terrible driver. I tell him he's a terrible driver. Okay. Um, and you drive a sponsor's car of the series, I'm guessing. Yes. Is that right? Is yes. It, now, that has been a Nissan in the past, is that right? Uh, no. No? We've had, uh, we've what, had what Holden. Had? Okay. Uh, we didn't have one in the first season at all, and then we had Holden in season two, and we have Ford in season three. Okay. Well, good. Yeah. Good. Um. But Andrew and I are very different when it comes to our cars because you know, he's a complete uh, petrol head. He loves okay. his car. You know, he drives around in his in his Tesla, and I've got a little old Mini Cooper that's sixteen years old. So we're very different. He laughs at me because my car has no bells and whistles. You know, no Bluetooth, no no sat nav, nothing at all. And uh, of course, his has every bell and whistle known to man. Have you got an old ute at least down on the property that you can no. throw bags or something in the back another, of? Or? I have got another car down at the property, but okay. it's not a ute. It's a, it's a Subaru. Yeah. And that one lives down there because uh, David drives the dogs around in it. So love it or list it, season three. Yep. Starting um, late September, the last, it's Wednesday nights, isn't it? Um, Wednesday nights, 8.30 on Lifestyle. Yep. Kicking off September 25. What's the biggest blow up you and Andrew have this season? Blow up, yeah. What, as in yeah, row? Just yeah. Is there one property where you sort of? <laughs> we we don't really have blow ups. We have differences well, of opinion. Well, yeah, friendly sort of. We have of, differences um, of opinion. Well, well, we have one on every episode. At least humorous and say, you know, something you know, give us a. Uh, look, I think what episode one, episode one. Uh, which takes us to the Brisbane suburb of Greenslopes, I think is a very, very good one to kick off with. Right. And that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And the block, we're halfway through um, season. What season are we in the block? Can you remember? Oh, Lordy. Um, I think it must be. Well, it's my season 13, 13 so that means 15. it's season 15. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, you, have you, you've seen the finished properties, haven't you? Yes. You can at least say yes, yes or no. I won't ask no. you anything else. But <laughs> can I ask you, it must be well worth staying on, though, to see what happens? Oh, for sure. Yeah? For sure. No, look, these these properties on the block this season are absolutely magnificent because the show has never attempted anything at this scale. I mean, they're, they're huge. Mm. They are massive. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, please hang in there because uh, I think the renovations just get better and better and better and better. All righty. Okay, before I let you go, one more thing. Is there a book in Neil Whittaker? Is there a Neil style guide or um, oh, all your tips? I mean, yes. if you put all, you back to back all your stellar columns over the years, that would be a good basis <laughs> for – and then all your time spent in magazines. You must well, have a very handy library of stuff. I would love to do another. I've done one book. Have I did, you? I did a book okay. about 12 years ago called The Accidental Foodie. And that was a kind of sign-off to my years as a food magazine editor. Um, that was published by Murdoch Books. I think it was yeah, 12 years ago, maybe more, 13 years ago, 2006. Um, and I haven't done one since, but I will do another one because okay. I love I love writing and I love writing. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to do another book. It's just um, finding the time. Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, publishers be on alert. Yes, definitely. And I've now got the perfect home office down there oh, in the you? country house to sit and write. Yes, I keep saying this is where I'm going to write my next book. I just don't know what that next book's going to be yet. Oh, wonderful. All right, Neil, look, uh, great, great chatting to you as always. Um, congratulations on your um, two series of 
Thank you. Programs, which uh, they're going to be on air together simultaneously. Yes, they are. What, what, is it uh, Love It or List at 7.30 or 8.30? 8.30. 30. 8.30 on Lifestyle. Well, you can do both. Wednesday, you can Wednesdays, watch, 8.30 on Lifestyle. You can watch the block and then you can flick over. You can, actually. Course, yes, so. you, you absolutely can. Yeah. Wonderful <laughs> stuff. It makes a Wednesday night a very big night for lots of TV fans. Thank you, James. Neil Whitaker, thank you, mate. Thank you.